This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me, you not gonna do nothing, you are not above me, I bet you wish you was me, I know it, I know. What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friends, which includes, but is not limited to, the Tortua, who had a 241% ROI at this year's Double Let's go, Let's go, Let's go. My dude. You know what that means. Next year, you want a package? 2.41 markup. You already know, baby. <laughs> That's not how that works. These, Wait, these what? tournament players. Barbara will tell you all about it. <laughs> the markup police is here. <laughs> Wait, does that mean you have some money to loan me, Brian? Uh, no. <laughs> no. His investors all, that, all got rich, uh, yeah, though. Yeah, they all got rich. But yeah. I do have a friend named Ethan Rampage Yao. Is he your friend? He's a text message away, man. <laughs> he did shower you on the loan. He, he told didn't. me he. He didn't shower him. He didn't say no. He just didn't. He just ghost didn't yeah. yeah, he told me anything for a friend, so I know if I ever need four fifty mm -hmm. to go to Ethan. Okay, well, you know, maybe we can clear that tab at some point. Yeah, you and Conrad's tabs combined are starting to put me in a little bit of concern. <laughs> I, I'm feeling like I'm reaching the closer territory. It's you're, not that. Uh, you're not Matt the loner. I, Matt I the loner, feel like yeah. I might be <laughs> Matt, Matt the loner. Matt the tax. <laughs> Matt the tax man. Matt, at least you can also be your own muscle and collect. That that mm -hmm. is true. I'll kick the shit out of both of you. I will beat the <laughs> fuck out of you. I don't know, man. Lannon's getting Your strong. days are fucking Adam, numbered, Adam, buddy. Who? Lannon's getting strong. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Means a lot coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> it means a lot coming from the weakest guy in the room. No. Whoa. Oh. That, that's fucked up. We all know, we all know that's guapo. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucked up. He's going to EOS every day. Guapo. Right, Defend I, yourself, Guapo. Defend your honor. I, I got it. I will permit you to slap the man across the face with a tortilla. Honestly, I would never fight Guapo. One, because I love the man. But two, because I think he's... He's, he's got that dog in him. No, I, I saw him hit that um, that machine. Whatever the boxing, the the boxing, boxing punch yeah. game. That looked ferocious. I would not like to be. I think you two should do a tortilla challenge. No. Wow! No. Oh, tortilla I could, challenge. I couldn't hurt me. Listen, he was handing out envelopes today as soon as he got here, and I got mm -hmm. my envelope. My <laughs> wonderful investment for the World Series of Poker. Just know that you have an investor for life. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much, buddy. Yes. Invest. That means two point four. Mm -hmm. Happy market. No problem. <laughs> it is nice to just get random money. I had no idea how much I bought of Lamana or if I was getting any sort of returns. <laughs> if money was appearing. And I walk just... in, there's just like a stack of bricks of cash. He goes, that's for Dan. Let's <laughs> go to Dan. I'm like, I guess you I didn't buy the, as big of a piece of that envelope. Yeah. That's fine. I thought that story was going the other way. No. That you no. had to pile of cash and you're like, wait, I bought this much? I mean, I, I, <laughs> uh, this this is a place where you as the old wise, wise sage can step in, Barbara. I'm holding way too much money he called you for old. other people. He's my age. But you he's, called yourself old. He's wiser than me. So therefore he gets Oh, the, I disagree. I disagree. Oh, bro. I'm holding six figures of other people's money in, <laughs> in secure locations. <laughs> Why are you holding other people's money? Because I'm an idiot. I've been doing this my entire career. I'm just a mule for people. He's Matt the Mover. I don't know, Dan. I told Dan how much I owe him. He's like, yeah, give it to Berkey. I'm yeah. like, okay. Matt the Mover. Yeah. yeah. When I say six figures, I'm being very, very conservative. <laughs> You're a good guy. 
I'm a dumb guy. Uh, is it dumb? Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather know, be on this end of it than other box? people holding your money? What if the Bellagio just decides to empty my box tomorrow? And then like all that sudden- would ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> my God. My- Did you read that glance thread? Yeah. Uh, have you heard this story? I have not. <clears throat> okay, so I just read it this morning. Glant said when he first started working for Poker Night in America, they ran their first show, or one of their first shows, at the Golden Nugget. And it was a high-stakes game where a bunch of players came with Aria chips. So he gave the floor person 103,000 in Aria chips, 325K, or sorry, 425Ks uh, and 31Ks. <clears throat> she walks to the cage, apparently drops a 25K chip <sighs> near the cage. Oh, my God. Some rando picks it up. <laughs> And she is only able to get 78000 in cash. Brings it back to Glance, explains what happens. They go to the cameras. They see the person clearly who picks it up. He's wearing an LSU sweatshirt, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, the, the brass says, we're going to take care of this. Just give us a couple of days. Uh, we're going to handle everything internally. So Glance gives them a couple of days. They call back and... Well, they... somebody called him and said, hey, yeah. they're waiting for... No, some, one of his friends called him. And said, hey, I think they're waiting because they only have to keep footage for three days or something. Oh, that was after the fact. Oh, okay. So he gets a phone call back, and uh, they basically say, like, okay, we've identified the guy. Like, we know that uh, she dropped the 25K chip. We have everybody on high alert at the Aria. They're, like, waiting for somebody to come and cash us in. Yada, 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 all this other stuff. Um, You know, we, we have to go through our protocols or whatever. And at that point, like Conrad said, one of Glance's friends said, hey, they only have to keep the footage uh, for a certain amount of time, and the second that they can destroy it legally, they will. So, <laughs> Glance goes to gaming, files a complaint, they do nothing for him. Now, uh, the Nugget reaches back out to him and basically says, like, we have no record of you exchanging 103000 with this floor person. We have no record of uh, there ever being uh, a cash, which is pretty crazy because the cage obviously has a record of 78000 being exchanged. Yeah. Um, yes. So they basically just dismissed it as having been a non-event that never occurred. And Jeez. he just got boned out of 25K. <laughs> That's insane. A non-event. Yeah. Luckily for him, guys from Poker Night in America paid him back. Yeah, they made it right. Mm. But like, so we're so... You know how, many, how much money I've given four people to go exchange <laughs> for me? I mean, I, I, I tell this story to people all the time. So I, uh, one of my early summers in Vegas, I was playing it in the Rio. And it used to be like a, in the high limit area, there was like a white walled off area. Where they had like the bigger games, it was like this white makeshift wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and before it's where the they King's had like Lounge. the bit. Yeah, before King's Lounge, and they had like the big PLO. And I remember a lot of people would sweat like uh, Durr and, and Ashton Griffin playing like huge PLO, maybe like a decade ago. And so I'm playing uh, like a big 08 game there, and I I go to the bathroom, and this was back when Cash played. And the but the best advice I ever got was if you're ever playing with Cash, take your cash with you. Right. You leave the table and then put it back on when you when you come back. So I take my cash with me, but I leave my backpack. Mm-hmm. Someone grabs my backpack while I'm gone. I've got like a, a laptop and, a, and an iPad in there. It's not the end of the world. It's not like I break sure. the cash in there. And I go to security and I'm told something that I will never forget for the rest of my life. I said, "Can I see the footage or can you guys look at the footage?" And they said, with a straight face, "The cameras are there for our security, not yours." Wow. Wow. And, and at that point, at that point, and basically all the stories I've heard uh, afterwards, I realized that the casino does not have our best interests. A hundred percent. That that echoes uh, something that I had heard a lot coming up through the cash. This is back when cash also played, but <clears throat> even the big chips, like when we started playing ten twenty, ten twenty forty at Bellagio, you would get flags on the table, and you know you would have big chips. 
And it was always a big discussion of, am I better served to take the big chip with me when I go to the restroom or to leave it on the table? And a lot of this was formed out of, you know, th this is no indictment against the Bellagio. It just happened to be the place that ran high stakes. So the incidences happened there a lot. Um, but there were a handful of incidents where a couple where people left their big chips on the table and randos like just came, started chatting up the table, sat in the seat and just swiped it uh and you know got away with it that way and again the casino doesn't do anything to insure you uh and then the other incidents were and since then they've put a bathroom attendant in the in the sports book bathroom that's right adjacent to the poker room uh but a couple other incidences where people would take their big chips with them to the bathroom and they get hit in the back of the head by a brick and then just the chips taken right out of their pocket yeah so like there was like th this was like 2013 to maybe 2016 ish time frame there was probably like four or five incidences where like the bellagio 102040 was targeted to basically you know just kife big chips off of unsuspecting poker players and it's a lose-lose you're not insured by the casino they're not protecting you in any capacity and you can't really i mean you can protect yourself i guess so maybe it's better to be on your person but you're looking to get into a fist fight yeah i think that people have to appreciate that like this is the cost of doing business in the gambling world and mm -hmm. i think we've been like relatively insulated from it for for a long time yeah but this is how like uh you know if you're a bookie you know you're you've got a lot of money on the street you're never going to collect if you rent private games you right know, you're you're letting people play uh, on credit and that you know that mm -hmm. money money might not get collected and it seems like even within the realm of poker there's all these ways where you can like you know, lose EV left and right. Well, we try to convince ourselves that in a casino setting, it's all legitimized, right? <laughs> right <laughs> that's that's right. what, and honestly, like... And it largely is. Yes, it largely is, and it really <laughs> does uh, speak to why MTTs are so popular, or so much more secure. Everything's on the books, for better or for worse. Uh, you know, the, the, the type of unsavory behavior that might take place is just that you're going to have to deal with some soft cheating. But that's going to happen in any sort of zero-sum game where people are looking to garner an edge uh, for, for better or worse. So yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. We had Gordo on last night talking about the box incident and it is kind of crazy. It's like, why is this service even offered if there's zero insurance right. to the player outside of, you know... I mean, it's not like people are going to be going to close their boxes. No. I said this... I literally said I should start putting my money on front money. But I'm at the Bellagio every single day and front money's obnoxious. And it's like, you know, am I really going to do that? Probably not. Front money? I, I think it's the same. What do you mean? Go ahead. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, front money accounts are basically just like, I don't want to use the term credit. That's not correct. But basically like. It's a debit account. Isn't yeah, it? it's, it's a debit account. Like, oh, okay. Um, so you just give them the chips. Then you have that, that debited uh, money that you can pull anytime you need. Mm. I think the way I feel about boxes is the way I feel about rake. Is that, you know, we're all up in arms about, you know, this, uh, this box incident with Gordo. Um, but people are going to continue using boxes. Mm -hmm. The rake is going to increase um, yeah. at, at the series. And um, I don't know if you guys have talked about like the rumors of GG and, and yeah. the World Series. Um, right. But I suspect that the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to raise the rake right. if that purchase happens. And I don't think anyone's going to be deterred from, from playing. Probably not. I don't either, but at some point you, you reach an apex, right? Like at some point apex the rake... Predator? Yes, Landon, Apex Predator. At some point, <laughs> the rake is an Apex Predator. <laughs> uh, it is. At, at some point, it, it, 
it collapses the market, right? I don't know. I have not witnessed that. I've only only one time in my life have I seen players fight back against Rake. Well, actually, sorry, there there have been a few documented uh, situations online where mm-hmm. players organize protests, which I'm super impressed whenever players can yeah. organize a protest <clears throat> yeah. um, to fight back. A, a game I played in in the Bay Area uh, raised the rake a dollar, and everyone balked and took their business elsewhere, and they snap lowered it back to the old rake. Yeah. And I was like really proud of the players for getting <laughs> together, but I don't think the tournament players, I've always said that, you know, Various times over my career, people have advocated for a players' union, and I always say this is going to break down really quickly because the first event you protest is going to be the softest event ever, right? And you're going to have a bunch of scabs that cross the it line. It happened with the Venetian; mm-hmm. they did they did some weird fucking uh, thing where uh, every dollar over the the guarantee did not go to the prize pool; it went to their marketing budget or something like that. It, it was something wild, just like inconceivable. And yeah, it was like a 100k guarantee and then everything above that went to them. Right. So the it was a 100k guaranteed prize pool, but it was capped at 100k as well. So every entrant over that like just went to their marketing budget or, or giveaways or some shit like that. And everybody was up in arms and they protested. And sure enough, as late reg was closing and there was, you know, a 50k overlay, people showed up in droves. Uh, so yeah, it's really difficult. But that, that wasn't what I meant. What I meant by there being a, a point of no return is at some point it collapses the market even if people aren't more mindful, right? So if people just keep showing up, like let's say, let's go extreme and say they becomes 90% rake. So uh, on $100 buy-in, you're paying $90. So it's $190, right? At some point... Uh, people say no. People, no, not, not even that they say no. They, they keep showing up, but at some point, like the money has to dry up, right? The, the, the house just wins too much. I don't know. I don't think we know how much... The, the operators can take out of the, the ecosystem before it starts to break down. I guess I we don't know not, how big the ecosystem even, they're is. They're not even close right now. Right. I think, and I think they know that. Yeah. But if you're an operator like GG or, or WSOP, it's not like you have your hands in something else adjacent where you're okay with collapsing the poker market, right? Or maybe they do. I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, I think it's pretty well understood that the only thing that's keeping Caesars afloat is the World Series brand. Like, they're swimming in debt, and yeah. it's, like, the only profitable part of their business. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, the rake thing is interesting, and I, I have to admit that I, I went to bat for, for Daniel, the Daniel versus Doug, like, more rake is better, because I do think as rake increases, like, the games do get softer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well... I went to bat for him because I thought that a lot of it was just taken out of context and his words, his words were being manipulated. Best, right? Manipulate other people's words. Yeah, um, yeah, and and you know we saw years later Fedor speaking on behalf of GG whenever they did the same thing, the high stakes PLO, where basically what they did was tax winning players. So they made it so that the rake was unbeatable for winners, and they would then uh, take that high rake and kick it back as a discount for the losers. And it's like. Yeah, I, I mean, as a pro, I don't, I, mean, I don't like that game. George ran that but, boycott for GG High Stakes Cash, and it worked out, which yeah, is yeah. nice. Yeah, because they need they need that. Yeah. Like GG needs to be the home of high stakes action, right? Uh, they don't want to see that market completely collapse and go back to stars or whatever, or or just disappear altogether, right? Like that would be even worse for them. Yeah, I, I think I think all of these operators need to at least present the the image of being uncapped in opportunity right like you don't want to just roll out mm-hmm. some sort of format where you just broadcast to your audience and say like okay here's what's available to you and once you reach this stage there's no growth mm. like you're just you're done at this point right well some card rooms 
like online card rooms have like a high like a max cap like 2k now yeah 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 but but that's that's because they're so tiny yeah gg stars not tiny. these are the biggest players in the world right like they don't want to do that to themselves um and i would argue the same about like wpt and wsop and the the thing with the rake i agree with you by the way that i do think that one of the things that they'll try to push first and foremost is squeezing more rake out of uh out of the wsop and i think those numbers were actually just released where if i'm not mistaken over the course of the summer they did something like 450 million in prize pools and the rake <clears throat> with online included was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 42 million. Yeah, that's, that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which, you know. It was like just below 10%, which is. <clears throat> yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not unbeatable, which is important. Um, it's a lot of money to come out of the ecosystem. But it's also the biggest opportunity of the year for people who play both professionally and recreationally so it's yeah. like you know it's an exchange i think most of us are willing to make at some point though uh i i've never seen people more rate conscious than they are now let's put it that way and i, I think that that's true of even serious recreationals like mm -hmm. they're pretty rake sensitive Ooh, i don't really serious don't recreationals not not the i'm gonna come out and play three events because it's on my bucket list i just i don't believe anyone i think everyone bluffs when they talk about yeah. the rate concern i think they like you know, I, I, I had a conversation with uh, uh, Daniel Strelitz, and he was like, can you believe this online rake, the, the 900 plus 100? And I said, you played it, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so of ridiculous, course. but I'm going to buy in three times. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's something that we're going to complain about, but no, it's like the prize pools are still Poker bolstered. players have no credible threats in this area. It, it's true. Well, like, what's the alternative? I mean... Cut off it, your nose and spite your face. I mean, I think when you look at the economics of it, I think that the people that are going to be removing themselves from the prize pools are like going to be like the the marginally winning pros or like break-even pros because yeah. they're going to start to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. um, I think people get creative with some of this stuff. Like maybe as rate goes up, you see more selling at small markups. You see people try to free roll themselves a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately, like maybe in the long run, the operators realize that, you know, we don't need tournaments to be profitable. Right. Yeah, and you know, from my perspective as somebody who doesn't play MTTs as a living, like it it seems like a uh, it's weird because the opportunity seems greater than ever, right? Like the MTT world is bolstering with with opportunity and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know, WSOP kind of capitalizing on a big summer and now launching the winter WSOP. But uh, it seems like the margins are smaller than ever for 99% of the players. I mean, I guess if you're like the elite of the elite, but even that, it's really difficult for me as somebody who feels like pretty in touch with the community and pretty sharp on this stuff. It's really tough for me to carve out who that 1% is based off of, you know, short-term variance. Like, sun running is just real. In a perfect world, an MTT operator wants everybody to break even, right? So they all lose to rake? Uh, I, I mean, I guess ideally, yeah. If, if you're looking infinite game. Oh, no, no, I don't think they want them all to break even. I think they want them to all sustain the maximum loss they're right. going to sustain. Right. That's, yeah. That's a, Which that's is I, like I mean, a negative it, yeah. ROI, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever I mean, keeps them in action. Yeah, exactly. I, I, keeps yeah, them in yeah. action. I think that's more of a finite game approach because, like, you would assume that at some point they go out of action, but uh, I, I just think money is too free these days. Like, LA, LA cash scene is a great example of this. <laughs> like, no one's beating the rake in any of the fucking games in LA. Not one of them. Like the private games? No, the the casino games. Really? I mean, they're like 40 big blind caps. They rake pre-flop. It's $7 cap max. 
I mean, I play in a game that, that has a fixed drop and doesn't have a percentage rake, and the games are amazing. They might be... They're, the they're very good. The they're very good, but uh, if the game was deep, I would say the rake is beatable, but at a 40 big blind cap, it just seems impossible to garner an edge. 40 I mean, big you and Brian I mean, won Infinite playing that 1-2 game you're, you're a while about, back, yeah. right? You're talking about like extreme <laughs> low stakes, like 1-1, one, 1-2. One, one, like, uh, all the way up to 5-10. They have a 5-10... They have like a 5-5 or whatever. They have a 5-10, $400 buy-in. Max buy-in? Yeah. yeah. They have min-max. It, it, starts, it starts capped, and then the game gets deep eventually. I mean, it's a min-max. So it's like, yeah, if people stick around... What's the, in the my stacks, experience, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Where is this? Uh, commerce. Jesus, a 5, 10, 400 min-max? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's been this way for like it's a decade. For, forever. <laughs> really? Maybe two yeah. decades. They also have 5, 10, 1500 cap. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and I think that's a time game, whereas the 400 cap is a rate game. Um... I really think the cap does not matter as much as you think it does. I think the player pool matters way more. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I just, I mean, you know, your win rate's going to be directly correlated to how much money's on the table. So I play in a game where the, the buy-in is, is 800, and I would say by the, by the end of the day, like, everyone's playing 2K deep. Or it's a little different, though, because you're in the Bay Area, right? It's a very small player pool, so when they come to play, they come to play. It is not a small player pool. It is a very wealthy player pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair, fair, fair. <laughs> Sorry, I, I guess, like, in my mind, the, the bear, when I say small player pool, uh, I'm thinking, like, the, the churn in a single game is only maybe a couple people over the course of a day. Like, we used to play in a game in Salamanca, New York, where it was, like, every, it was basically a scheduled game. Like, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday was going to be uh, anywhere between 10 and 25 people that would show up to play 510. It was always the same people, yeah. Yeah, so like the churn was very low. Mm -hmm. And so you knew that uh, even like we, we started at a five, five, $400 cap game. 200. Or two, yeah, sorry, $200 cap game. But um, it was a time game, which was very, very generous to us. And on top of that, nobody came for a few hours. Like we would drive an hour to get there. The sessions would last 15 to 20 hours and the average stack by the end was like, you know, $2,500, something like that. So there was a lot of money on the table. And I guess that's what I'm envisioning when I'm thinking of the Bay Area is it's a lot of like locals who are loyal to the game and, you know, build it and thrive it. And think, where commerce, I just envision so many guys who their job is to hit and run for a buy-in, you know, and, and, and just like keep the churn massive. So... I've only played the game a handful of times, but in my mind, it's like uh, you don't really see a ton of depth come through, especially there's multiple games, five or six <laughs> games, a bunch of must moves. Maybe once you get to the main game, if, if it's kind of that progression, but you know how that goes. Everybody goes south between one game and the next. Oh, speaking about going south, when cash played on the table back in the day mm -hmm. and like you grabbed your wad of cash and left to go to the bathroom. This was such a problem. Yeah, I was going to say like this seems pretty Even dirty. with the big chip, mm -hmm. this was such a problem. Yeah. It happens. There were so many guys who would angle this. Uh, I can remember one guy in particular. I don't remember his name or even what he looks like, but I just remember him, the embodiment <laughs> of him when I was playing 510 coming up in like the early 2000s at, at Bellagio. This motherfucker. He would just always <laughs> take his yellow chips off the table and then like work some sort of angle where he suddenly forgot mid-hand whenever he had it or like never brought it up until mm -hmm. somebody else brought it up when he lost. And the floor could just never fucking enforce anything. Yeah. You know, he would just like sneak it on mid-hand if he had something and then if, if he got stacked... It was just or he, like the, the times where he would get stacked or whatever. He would just never put it on the table. And then he'd be like, hey, you had two 1K chips. Where'd they go? It's like, oh, man, forgot to put them on. Mm -hmm. And Mama now it's mia. just like, you know, it doesn't play. It was, like, so, it was so good for the games, though. Oh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it was uh, just so much easier. Like, I, I, I think that people don't realize the 
the cost to the game of having people having to go like to the cage to purchase chips now, um, like the, just that delay. Like you want yeah. people to be able to peel off some cash, right? Just, just reach into their pocket, put it on the table, and go. Exactly. Andy Stacks yeah. used to come to Vegas like really early two thousands, like two thousand eight, nine, ten. Laman and I used to play five ten uncapped with him at Phoenician, mm-hmm. and all I remember, I, I, I didn't know him then. Uh, the only thing I remember about him is I've never seen a human being count hundred dollar bills so fast before in my life. <laughs> he would yeah. rifle through a ten k stack mm-hmm. faster than a money counter. It was unbelievable, man. Just like how did you garner this skill? And you know the way he stacks his chips now, I can't imagine anybody who would rather have cash on the table right. than him. Practice. Um, it's practice. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I mean, it it made the game dauntingly slow. Uh, like. Especially when you started to get to stakes where you, you have bricks of cash. You got to count it all out. And- uh, well, the dealers in particular, everything had to be verified. And it was just one, two, <laughs> okay. or, you know, counting out a 20K bet. It's Seems like, like let's get some fucking chips. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was nice from the, the standpoint of, you know, the cash just came and left and came back. And you never had to deal with the cage. And, you know, there were, there were problems with people getting cased. That, that was kind of an issue, you know. People weren't as secure back then. They weren't going to boxes after the fact, just carrying around 100K in a book bag. <laughs> not, yeah. not the smartest. We learned the hard way. Yeah, we were young and stupid. So dumb. I can't tell you how many times I had my bankroll on my person. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, were, you were stupider than I was. I mean, you know, it was 20K. <laughs> I wasn't rolling in it, Barbara. I was looking to sit, okay? <laughs> he was trying to make it zero. The follow up to that is I can't tell you how many times I'd case money on the table. Yeah. Too many to count. Yeah, we let, we talked about this last time. I think I think more like the closer you are to zero, the more shots you should be taking. I think so. For sure. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe that lessens a little bit with age, but I still think that it Going for the moonshot is a really critical endeavor if you don't want to be a slave to whatever it is that you're yes. doing. Yes. Uh, it, it's a hard thing to palate whenever you, when you miss. But like, this is why I think poker is like such a beautiful game, more importantly as a vehicle to learn and understand probability and statistics. Because like, I took problem stats in high school and college. It, it was a big underlying factor to uh, pursuing computer science and things like that. And I realized, you know, looking around at my, my classmates at those times, People either hated being there or didn't get it. And that seemed to be the general theme throughout. And it's, it's, it's weird. I, I think people think of problem stats as like one of the most difficult things on earth to kind of comprehend and study. But, you know, now with a, with a degree in poker, so to speak, it's really not that. I mean, if you get into the weeds, sure. But like the ability that we understand it or the, the surface level that we understand it is so fucking critical. If you can just understand general probabilities of like, okay, I'm going to take this shot and 20% of the time, I'm going to be a very sad human and I'm going to have to look for a plan B the amount of times that that happens. But you can kind of understand and internalize that risk if you really truly understand the underlying math. Yeah, I think any subject is, can be enjoyable if it's taught well. Uh, it's unfortunate that math tends to be taught by people who don't make it like fun and exciting. Why is every math teacher like the driest, <laughs> most antisocial human being? To, like Brian knows who I'm. We had a we had a teacher growing up, Mr. Coleman, Pershing mm-hmm. Coleman, and I mean he was he was just incapable of emotion. It was hello class, Bueller. Welcome to yeah. calculus one, and you know just constant whiteboard stuff. He he always had the the marker. 
mm-hmm. running down yeah, his, yeah. his arm. Like it was just that was that was the embodiment of how we learn math. Man, yeah, it's not fun. Well, there's there's misregs in every profession. That's true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> true. But so in math addition, teachers are the mis- misregs. Exactly. And in, in addition, um, I mean, well, it's it's a job you have to do for for the love of teaching because it doesn't pay well. Right. And another thing is there's there's I mean. Selection effects. I mean, so there's selection effects in everything, and I think it's like a really good thing to think about whenever you're, you know, trying to, uh, you know, evaluate why why the world is the way it is. But you know, if you look at the people that select into math, uh, like graduate school, which mm-hmm. is like where a lot of you know high school teachers are coming from, um, you know, it's a it's a grind, and it's uh, it's a lot of like. You so over prepared to teach math, like this. The, I, t- I had to take uh, before I went to grad school. I had to take like uh, math classes with math majors. And if you think calculus is hard, like you haven't seen shit yet. Oh my! <laughs> abstract math is like, yes. or abstract algebra or whatever is yes. like one of I, the most unbearably oh difficult God. things you'll ever do in life. Yes, it's, topology, number theory, measure theory, uh, real analysis. This shit is all. Awesome. <laughs> calculus is, looks like addition compared to this. Yeah, shit. I remember there was like this like six year old streamer or like very young kid who like there's a clip where it's like I had to do math where it's like zero is less than negative three so it's like zero is nothing this is less than nothing why the <laughs> fuck am I doing this how am I measuring between nothing and less than nothing what are we doing here how yeah. is this real yeah they really play with the uh, when you start to get into irrational numbers like they really start to play with your mind a bit yeah but I think if you can teach this stuff well like to, to get to, I had I had a good probability and statistic teacher and once I we started doing problems that involve poker, mm-hmm. like I, like I can calculate the the chance of uh, you know aces getting free rolled by aces, right? Like being able to do that with with pen and paper, yeah, is really cool. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my early days, th- this doesn't resonate with Landon at all. He doesn't understand how far we've come. But my early days, I would do EV calcs by hand. And granted, you can only do it at the point of all in, but it was helpful. It, it made me understand you know, the, how like ranges combat against one another in a scenario where uh, you're getting a price. And, you know, it kind of laid the foundation for simple fundamentals that drive this game that everybody missed because the, the step back human approach is get your money in good, right? Like it's just have the best of it. That's how you win at this game where the underlying math of it is actually just like, no, follow the, the, Follow any plus EV decision, which means sometimes getting your money in bad technically as far as which hand is winning, but good as far as the price you're being laid yeah. compared to the equity that you possess. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that because yesterday a friend had a spot where there was like a bounty overlay. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, yeah, like just with immediate odds plus overlay, you're losing money by calling, but you're printing because of the extra stuff involved. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of mm-hmm. something that's not very human-like to really appreciate because most times it's always just if, if you don't get the money in good, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, that, it, that's still the kind of general consensus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, 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 uh, the odds versus the price you're getting is such an important thing for anyone to understand. Yeah. And, and I think it is accessible. Uh, but to your point of like doing this stuff by hand, I remember like doing my first like ICM calculations with, with pen and paper. So I started ah, in, in sit and goes scary. and, uh, the, the, <laughs> the canonical like uh, math problem that you had to learn in sit and goes was if you're like second in chips, and first rips into you with like four players left in a pay top three top structure. Three, right. Like you're supposed to fold queens. Right. And 
it's it's easy to, if you hear people say that, but it's another thing entirely if you actually do the work and yes. you see the Don't justify this queen's fold in the main, Brian. Stop it. <laughs> Just saying. Stop it. I, honestly, the more I think about it, it, it was it was it had to have been correct. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like ICM was definitely. I think it, it was like I had like eight big blinds were like five off the money and like guy opens where like I, like I've. He's never folding. He had like piles of chips. He might have been folding. Yeah. He said he did. Maybe he's folding, but probably not for eight big blinds. And I have queen. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to fold and make $15,000. It's funny that you bring that up because I had a conversation uh, looking at a bubble spot where it's like sometimes in some tournaments, like the human nonsense effect, like people are just really bad. You just are mm -hmm. getting way more than you're actually worth in some spots. So it's like, why take on variance when you can just win well we talked a little bit about this when Strange. we were discussing uh Walt, the walton effect of the final <laughs> table so to speak and uh you know i was just kind of mentioning a few hands where the, the the general underlying strategy of walton whether he's conscious of it or not is he merges a lot so he'll face polarized action or he'll generate polarized action himself and he'll be in the middle of his range in both scenarios so <clears throat> triple range merge yeah kind of so like facing a polarized bet where and an easy example of this is he three bet ace king c bet jack high got raised you're facing a very polarizing action here and his response with dead middle of range which is ace king high is all in so it's like you look like a genius whenever they're at the bottom and you look like a fool when they're at the top yes uh and that general application generates a ton of fucking volatility and it's unwanted oh volatility by your opposition Right? So that's why he looks so chaotic in the moment. It looks like he's just wrecking people because they didn't ask for this. <laughs> it's funny. It's not wanted by the opposition, but you don't want it yourself. And it's like, how do you weigh right. like, how much has well, it screwing me over? If you're not conscious of how much it's screwing you over, then you do want it kind of thing. I mean, I think this is, his hand has been talked, to, to, talked about to death, but the eights versus aces yeah. hand, um, I mean, I think that that basically shows that uh, the asymmetry... Like mm -hmm. how much you're hurting your opponents by taking this aggressive action with a hand that like should not be taking such an aggressive action, right? Versus like the amount of EV you lose right. when you're wrong when right. you run into the top of the polarized range. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's you know kind of the conundrum of ICM altogether is like who gets hurt, who gets helped, and uh, where's the chaotic agent coming from? Yeah, I mean if eight people are at a table and seven play ICM and one plays like Rocket Man, the Rocket Man wins. The Rocket Man wins. No, in the eyes. the, no, the no. Rocket Man wins. I, pr I promise you, I've had this conversation too many times. The Rocket <laughs> Man wins mo like more than his fair share. He wins the event. He wins more money. No. No. Okay. Uh, Hunt, Hunt has modeled this many, 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 many times <laughs> over. Okay. And the ICM people will still make more dollars on average. They just win the event less often. I would gamble that the Rocket Man has a higher ROI than the seven ICM when people. you say rocket man like chicken saying, just like i'm i'm not i don't care about icm like i'm right. you know, just just if, trip pure chippy v all the way through yeah no or just like he the guy that like puts people in the annoying spots and everyone okay, like that's folds different out than, of that's different than what berkey's saying because Berkey, well, no, you're it's, talking it's about not. hunt's model which is is just strictly playing ev chip and not EV. a chip ev and not adjusting to icm throughout okay. the entire well tournament. the implication that somehow playing negative chip ev wins more money is clearly not true so I think it's pretty reasonable to start at the baseline of somebody playing Chip EV versus the field playing ICM. If it were mm -hmm. true that that made more money, well, more what people Landon would be incentivized is kind to play of arbitrary Chip EV. And, and subjective, like Rocket Man, what does that really mean? You can't really just... <laughs> well, I'm saying what it means. It either means that you're playing Chip EV or you're playing negative Chip EV. You can't... Th there's nothing else. 
The issue is when more people try to play yeah. the non chippy V strategy, then they start to lose. If there's like two or three, like the more people that start like rocketing it off, they start losing more than the ICM people. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I just. It's hard to understand why more people doing it changes the effect of it. Right. Like, because more people are taking on more risk and they're going to collide more. But if everyone else is like playing very calm and one person's being very like hyper aggressive, they are taking from the people that aren't as aggressive because they're trying to stay mm -hmm. in the tournament. I mean, my, my, uh, my inclination here was, was to agree with Berkey, which is that like, I think they win more often, but I actually think they sacrifice some EB. Yeah, they, their bottom mm -hmm. line gets hurt, but they right. win the event much so more. I played, yeah, exactly. I played with a Rocket Man recently. Uh, <laughs> James Opst does not give a fuck about min caching a tournament, and he the tennis was, guy. Yeah, yeah. tennis player. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, but he's a really interesting guy. But he was uh, we're on like the bubble of the or nearing the bubble of the three K. No, we're on the bubble of three K horse. He is the shortest stack in the tournament, and he's V-pipping the most. I, I've been that guy. <laughs> and, and then he tells me while he's trying to bubble this tournament, so I think I may have bubbled the 50K PLO. Can I, can I run this hand by you? And so he, he starts the hand by saying, like, I have 28 big blinds, and we're on the stone bubble. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, man. Oh, I'm like, I don't even need to hear the rest heart. of the hand. Uh, I've been there. I, I, was, I was, like, bottom third in, in chips in LAPC oh, 2017. The ace-9 hand. And Dennis Blyden was oh. at my table. No, the ace-9 was the following. I bubbled it two years in oh, a row. Oh, God. There's more than one uh, time? <laughs> So yeah, I, there needs I, to be an intervention. The story is I actually bubbled it back to back here. So I had 16 big blinds in 2016, and Mike Leah was at my table and was chip leading, oh and my was, gosh. was just opening every uh, fucking pot. And like, he's relentless. Yeah, and like you know, he's already a table captain, so like yes. it's getting under my skin for yes. sure. Yes. He opens cutoff, and I'm on the button with Ace Nine and 16, and I rejam. And like I think it was fine, but it's probably losing an ICM. Uh, and he tanks for an obnoxious amount of time and calls with ace-10 off. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what's worse, my shove or your call? But uh, he ended up going on, I think, getting second in that I event. Would just, I would just worry that he just doesn't have enough folds there. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, the thing was, it was Maybe weird. Maybe he's tank calling He tank called with yeah, ace-10, yeah. so obviously he has enough folds. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, what are you doing, man? You have 16 bigs and you auto-cash. Like, Natasha Mercier, Mercier, it was her first 10K cash ever. She cashed with, like, two blinds. I could have just, like, you know, waited. Yeah, but and me, she, I, she, I just want the loves, chips. She loves people like you. Oh, <laughs> Jay was fucking texting me, needling me, going, "Thanks." Yeah. Like I stone bubbled it. I was, I was the bubble, bubble boy. Yeah. Um, and then the following year, Dennis Biden was at my table, and like he was playing on stolen money, so he was just going ape shit. And I have like you know twenty one blinds or something like that. I'm looking behind me, and Christian's literally like stalling every fucking hand <laughs> to get in the money, and I'm like v pipping fifty percent because blind is <laughs> to my left. Oh my god! I end up busting where I open nine eight of clubs under the gun one. He he calls the button, and somebody else uh, calls the big blind maybe, and it comes like um, like eight four deuce two clubs. We're pretty good. We got a pair and a flush draw. We're going to go with this. Find a way to get it all in versus four deuce off on the button. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just oh, bubbles my ass. Uh, and then he gave Chin a 10% free roll for bubbling his friend. And he goes on and wins it for a million. And then goes uh, to jail. But I got him, though. He came to Ivy's room right before he went one, to jail. 1% free roll. You said 10%? Sorry. 1%. One, 1%. 1%. Yeah, yeah. $10,000. Yeah, $10,000. <laughs> Uh, I got his Amazing. ass though. He came to Ivy's room right before he went to jail, and we got him for a big number. There we go. Min caches matter, man. I know. I think that it's. They really uh, do. This really, why tournament really life do. isn't for me. You should. I mean, I think I'm so glad that I that I started in in sit and goes because I just have a really deep appreciation of ICM and like your your like if 
you look at your distribute finish uh, distribution mm -hmm. like your bubble should be your lowest place right and i just you shouldn't have like i have I have like two stone bubbles in my life mm -hmm. and I like think about them all the time. Like, oh, I should have played these hands mm -hmm. differently. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. like you feel like there's some level of control outside of, you know, running. Yeah, you, you shouldn't or... bubble unless you're like literally like last in chips. Or, <laughs> or, or you get a nuts. Yeah, right, like, yeah, you get yeah, nuts yeah. Just get aces and then you just get it in and lose. Hey, alternatively, someone's got a bubble. Why are you so goddamn special? Because, you know, I always, I'm always second to last to, Someone chips. has to lose in cash too, Matt. You don't try to be that person. That, all right, that's yeah. fair. There, there is always a greater fool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or at least one would hope. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm the greater fool in MTTs. Uh, well, with those last couple of hands you told us, I yeah. believe that's true. If you can't find the spot. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the the community at large and the economics that are going on wsop off the back end of having the most successful series of all time has decided to launch the winter wsop that we've all been begging for <laughs> unfortunately it's a destination wedding uh they've chosen the atlantis in the bahamas to put on a winter series which i'm unclear if they're still doing the uh rosgadov uh, i guess like fall wsop in october Europe. Yeah, they I, are. They are. They're okay. doing Europe. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think there had been times in the past where they had done this as well, or maybe they had rotated it. Each between... one has fifteen bracelets. Okay. Uh, so in the past, I know that they've done Australia and Europe, but I don't know if they've done them at the same time. It might have been alternating years. They would go Europe, Australia, Europe, Australia, whatever. Um, but anyway, this will be the first time that I can recall where there's three WSOP series in a year, mm -hmm. uh, two of which are now destinations outside of Vegas. I initially, like Poker Twitter, was kind of up in arms of, fuck these guys. They're clearly just trying to take more advantage of the fact that we're loyal to the brand and that we'll do anything for these big prize pools. And clearly GG's driving, like, clearly GG's the driving force behind this. Like, it, that, that's pretty It's funny because I, I really, I had the opposite reaction of Twitter. I was excited. I was like, oh, wow, more poker. And it's in the Bahamas. Maybe it's because I have friends who live in the Bahamas and I can stay with them for very cheap. But <laughs> well, do you not have any intentions of playing the win series? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I think this is before I realized that it was going to um, conflict as much as it is. I like I just snap saw that they were going to be there, and it was I didn't I didn't look into it. So like when I when I realized that it it did conflict, that kind of deflated my uh, yeah. I, you know, I think the conflict is the, the issue here. Yeah, right. I, I was immediately kind of annoyed. Um, I love these big festivals. I love these big, like, multiple two-week tournaments, whatever, two weeks of tournaments, and um, the large guarantees of 5K, 15 million. And then I go look, and I'm like, wait, this is the same time as the win 10K. I, I, I just hate that. Why are we separating the community, basically? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. when these guarantees can all get bigger, if we just do it maybe a week or two after. Well, so here's the thought. I just had a quick thought yeah, experiment. So here's the thought experiment. So suppose you only have uh, 10 possible slots for a poker festival mm -hmm. and you have 12 festivals. What are you supposed to do in that event? Right. You're, gonna have to have, you're gonna have overlap, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So eventually in the long run, as poker grows, there's going to be overlap. Yeah. We but just got there earlier. I just think it's, this mm -hmm. is kind of major. They're, like, they're trying to build a major thing. And why would you build it on top of another major? So he here's... I'll give my brief thoughts, and then you guys can all weigh in uh, as I get eaten alive by this cat. Um, initially, Twitter was just in a complete uproar. I didn't see one positive 
reaction to this. It was a lot of everybody hates the Atlantis. We were also happy to see uh, PCA move to Bahamar. But even then, everything about the Bahamas is just such a fucking tourist trap. Like so mm -hmm. much, so much more so than Vegas. Um, and I think that that's a, a bit of an annoyance to almost everybody who would frequent these stops. Uh, the second thing was they were very upset with the overlap between WSOP and, and the win championship, WPT win championship, which is abundantly clear because it's a similar buy-in range, similar large guarantees. I mean, you know, I expect the win guarantee to be much bigger as it's double the buy-in and smashed 30 million last year. So I imagine it's going to go quite big this year. Um, and, and I wanted to bring my pitchfork out with them, right? I just wanted to jump on board and be like, yeah, fuck these guys. Like, why, like, we all show up in droves for you during the summer. Why would you take this away from Vegas during a time frame where you could have staggered it such that this was the, the precursor to the win? Mm -hmm. You know, we all play this for two weeks, and then we all go to the win in droves. And I saw people making, like, like highlighted comments of, like, well, WPT started this war by running a 10K, 10 mil during the summer that conflicted with the main event. But, like, there was no conflict. There wasn't. They're not dumb. Yeah. Nobody's going to try to rival the biggest event in town. They, they ran it staggered where if you busted the main, you had a mulligan. Yeah, if you mm -hmm. busted, day, I think, up to day five. Three. Yeah. I think it was up to day, day five. five. Yeah. So like, that all made sense to me. But then I took a step four. back for a second, and I was like, well, from a community standpoint, this obviously sucks because we have to make choices. And there are expenses involved and everything else. But from a company standpoint, WSOP sees the momentum that the win is getting. Or, or sorry, I keep saying the win. The, the WPT is getting. WPT is a direct competitor. Even if this initial winter WSOP isn't a massive blowout success that smashes all the guarantees and everything else, aren't they better served by pulling 3,000 players away from their competition? Just putting like a stick in a tire while WPT is riding their bike. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's like, bit. hey, guys, fuck you. Yeah. So, like, obviously, I don't think that, that this is in the short term best for the community at large. But I think big picture, it probably is. This competition is going to prevent what I think hurts us the most, which would be a monopoly. And this mm. is what prevents the rake from rising. This is yeah. what allows us to continue to have options. And what will force them to keep slapping big guarantees on these types of events which is what's going to make us show up in droves and maybe i'm missing something here i'm, I'm waiting for barbara to tell me why i'm wrong because <laughs> i'm always I'm, I'm constantly the contrarian and poker twitter doesn't like it so like i, I almost just want to you know accept the fact that i'm getting this one incorrect but i mean from my perspective especially the fact that you could still technically play the bahamas and make it back for one c of the win this is a smart business decision. It's not clear how this is going to play out, but I do think that I, I agree with everything you've said so far. Um, every business wants to be a monopoly. When you have monopoly power, you get to price and you get to pad your profit margins. Um, and I think that that GG slash WSOP uh, is not thinking about what's best for the community. It's how can we make more money? Right. Um, and I think for as much as people. Uh, love the win and mm -hmm. WPT. It seems like the win is like the best brand and uh, best operator in poker. Uh, if they lose players to the Bahamas, the win is no longer going to want to fight for those players and give them all the things that they want. Right. And so players are going to have to decide at the margin, 
do they want to support operators that they prefer or are they going to chase you know the the guarantees or something like that yeah and i think at the end of the day i think poker players are going to chase the guarantees agreed and uh, so my my forecast on this is i think that gg wins yep in december well or in long the long term. run long in run. the long term i think that they i think they just grab everyone the, the, the short-term win here is that the prelims to the 10k wpt are smaller and it's because everybody's in the bahamas right the other short-term win is that the 5 million or sorry the 10 million guaranteed 5k goes off without a hitch uh, or sorry 15 million 15 guaranteed 5k 5k and the 10 million guaranteed 25k goes off without a hitch as long as there isn't overlay on those and even if there is, it's relatively small. I expect there's going to be no overlay for either because both of them have online operators driving their action, right? right. WPT is WPT Global giving away infinite amount of seats. Uh, WSOP is GG Poker. They sent almost 800 people to the main event. I'm sure they're going to send triple that to yeah. the fucking winter. It's going to be a shit load. Right, basically. so they're, they're going to send 2,000 people. And it's funny because uh, Poker Twitter <laughs> kind of goes down the path of, well, you don't want to play an event with a bunch of satellite winners? It's like, but uh, this isn't 2003. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not fucking Chris Moneymaker out there. Billy, Billy from Poughkeepsie yeah. isn't going to be seated at your table. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're getting some goddamn euro grinding it out at one cent, two cent in the basement of, uh, uh, you know, some bomb that, shelter. That, that's, 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 only, that's only true to a degree, right? Because, I mean, like, you give away enough seats. There's only so many... Like good players that can win them, and you give enough. Like I have a no, no you, you, man, not I, on GG. No. GG has a hundred thousand. Espen's gonna show up for his satellite ticket. All right, like he won the he won a seat into the main event that he won. That, Did he really? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like mm. these, there's GG. It's gonna be tough. I mean, I don't like, know. There were a Matt lot Cop's of satellite winners in this in the actual the this this past main event and. Okay, how many soft euros did you come across? I came across a lot of soft players. That's not what I asked. The The satellite winners are not American. Yeah. Nobody American is playing on GG. The one know. thing I do The want ones that are is Jozoff right. and Foxen right, the, and Hey. Hey. Right. hey you just Mike's name out of your the, mouth. It's also it's also kind of like this he if you're Ontario. European, you're just really really good at poker. That's not what I said. I asked you how many soft euros right. did you come across? A few. The, the one thing I will say is the 10K in December had no euros. There was ma- there was a very well, very very small so about. So that's that's the other arm of this. That's because WPT Prague or, or sorry EPT Prague was going on is going on at the same time, and for them it's just infinitely more convenient to go to Prague than mm-hmm. it is Las Vegas. And it's also a good stop. Yeah, it's a great stop. So what happens to that stop? I mean, I don't know how euros pick their travel. Uh, they get like a certain amount of days in the year. No, 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 not, not my point. I, I don't know how they decide between these stops. It's got. It's got to be cost, right? Cost has to be playing a role. Cost, time, visas. Uh, Something else I want to bring up with regards to this, which I think is uh, something I hadn't um, considered. Uh, Felipe was talking about how the location of the Bahamas and the difficulty of getting into the U.S. uh, is going to push a lot of like Latin America to to the Bahamas. And oh. poker is poker's blowing up in, right. uh, in South America. That's a big market right now. It's a huge yeah, it's market. Ramos? And, I, and yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. And I think that, uh, by the way, one of the most lovely people I've ever he's met. He's great. He's life. awesome. He's super sweet. Um, but I actually think that he's advocating for a group of people that doesn't get advocated for it right. too often. And, and maybe they, you know, maybe they make this, this stop uh, a huge success. Yeah, I mean, they're a part of the GG network as well. So, you know, that could easily contribute to a lot of the satellite winners. The other aspect of it in... I think this largely goes overlooked. We hate the Bahamas because it's a fucking tourist trap. It's very expensive. But if you're diamond plus, or sorry, if you're diamond or above, 
You get free stay. You get like a free six nights at the Atlantis. Diamond? Diamond and above. Yeah, you get four nights. Any diamond? Yeah. yeah. Really? Well, the higher, the higher your tier, I think either the better room you get or the, higher, or the, the longer your stay is or the I larger the I comp. don't expect that to stay. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll I see. Last I think year. they struggle to get people. Like uh, I, th I think that as, as demand increases, they yeah. won't have to give away rooms. I'm, yeah, maybe. I'm pretty sure last year they had it uh, started with like you can do the diamond card thing and then like, I don't know, maybe like a month into after announcing it, they changed something that you had to like gamble a certain amount. What are you talking about last year? For, oh, so if you were a diamond card member, um, Baja Mar would. No, it's Atlantis. I understand that. Oh, okay. But when PCA happened, Baja Mar was matching people's. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So like that's uh, that's a totally separate thing though. That has nothing to do with Caesars World Series. Yeah, I'm just saying like eventually like they might do something like Caesars make owns you gamble Atlantis. A certain amount. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So the 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 free room is effectively just a byproduct of it being a Caesars property, and it's it's been the case for many yeah. many years. I don't think it's a property of that. I think it's just a uh, partner. Yeah, maybe. I also think it's just a partner. Yeah, it might be. But I think they're going to have, less, gonna have less incentive right? to offer free rooms if yeah. they're, you know, having a huge series there. Yeah. In the same way that, uh, you know, Paris and... and uh, they could just black out those dates. And yeah, exactly. But at least for the time being, uh, that's something that we can all cash in on that are diamond or above. So, like, that does lessen the cost a lot. And for this year specifically, a lot of these people use their rooms in um, Oh, PCA, for PCA. So right. now they have to pay. Yeah, that, that could easily be true. Although the Baja Mar, well, yeah, it no, sold, every, out, it sold lot, out so quick. A lot of people stayed in Atlantis. A lot of people stayed at Atlantis. So I wonder if, like, let's say that this ends up being a success, right? Um, when you say this, meaning? The, the, the WSOP, yeah. winter WSOP. What, what is the end game as far as them as operators, especially now that they're aligned with GG? Is it to continue to rival WPT? Or is it to instead try to position themselves against PCA? Because those two things, I mean, you can't, you can't overlap both because Christmas falls in between. And that's just like a dead stop for all gambling in some regard. So, like, it's interesting to me, I guess, or it's curious to me that they chose. You can't, like, run it from December to It's probably whoever's on their February, heels. right. It's curious to me that they chose to rival WPT specifically when they easily could have challenged PokerStars. I mean, they're basically putting up the exact same guarantee that PokerStars put up for the PCA this year. They might be experimenting. I mean, I think I'm excited to see how this plays out because I, I'm curious to see what, how the poker uh, ecosystem responds to these different operators. But you could see a world where GG just takes over in the way that stars could have yeah. an alternate time. And it's also, it's also making, it's making the players make a much bigger choice, right? It's stay in Vegas or go to Bahamas. When you've challenged PCA, they're, you're going to be in Bahamas. You can play both. Like, uh, you can play a mix, right? Because you're going to be there yeah. both times. Yeah, so there's there's right. scheduling where you could play the 10K and then go to Bahamas, right? The Bahamas ends uh, no, in enough time around. for you to come back for 1C. Of, so you can do both. You would literally have to get on a plane and... But, but you'll yeah. miss all the prelims. Uh, right. That, right. As Connie and I were saying, like, it's just going to be a shit show for everyone who tries to do that. There's only going to be a finite number of people oh, that correct. can get on the plane. Yep. They can right. get it, and then you're going to have late reg for, for 1C. Yeah. He'll do it. Uh, yeah, I would do it. Don't judge me, <laughs> well, all right? But, you know, there's well, you, prelims here. You'd have to be willing to... You'd have to be willing to, like, 
book flights the second you 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 bust your final event. This yeah. is the equivalent of the coal mines for poker players. They're yes, one hundred percent. Right. This is this is our lunch. I pail. gotta do what I gotta do. Right. <laughs> Honestly, there was a point in my career where I remember kind of being in that grind where it's like you fly to Bergata, you have a miserable fucking trip. You're in the middle of no, nowhere, New Jersey. It's going to be an hour car ride to even get a flight, and then you find yourself like on a plane to middle of nowhere fucking i don't know i i never i never did the middle america tour but like you know you find yourself going to like uh taking a train to fucking baltimore and and grinding the the maryland stop so the play in that instance would be go to bahamas play the prelims in maine there and then go to win for one c but you miss all the prelims for the win correct i mean in my mind it's just clear if you're american you just stay in vegas and if you're not you do both i I think that Uh, i mean the thing is, I think a lot, most Americans, or I would say like 95% of Americans end up coming to the win. A, Atlantis is a dumb. Atlantis it's sucks. Not, I mean, it does suck as an adult, but like it's not a dump. I've it's definitely people, not I've a dump. I've seen people drive to dumps for, for good Also true. Though. It is true. I mean, the, iron, the, but, the biggest irony here is that poker players say they go into poker for the freedom, and then they end up not having any freedom. There is no freedom. <laughs> Tournament players, bro. Us cash guys, we're chilling. <laughs> there, there is no freedom in this life. We are slaves. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, the thought of me going to the Bahamas never even crossed my mind. No. I, know, <laughs> I know that F1 is going to be here end of November, and then oh, we're rolling right into the holidays. I'm going to have a game every goddamn day. As soon as I saw the tweet, I, I messaged Matt and Julian. I was like, I was like, hey, I might be coming to the Bahamas. This we, you might be going. Yeah, we ain't going that's anyway. because <laughs> that's so, because you're a tourist. Um, wait, touristing. F1, tourist. those games are going to be fucking amazing. Tourist. Of course. Yeah. Those games, that might gonna be, be the best time ever. Hotel rooms cash. are going for like fucking 5K a night. Like Jeez. it's it's going to be a shit show on the strip. But I will say that I, I might be too generalized when I say if you're American, you stay. And if you're European, you go. Because for the East Coasters, this is actually a nice swing where uh, WPT <laughs> hits Florida at the end of November. And you can literally just hop a puddle jumper from there mm. over to the Bahamas, play the WSOP winter, and then if you feel really spry, you know, shoot your way west to, to Las Vegas. I, I'm curious how many poker players actually like grab pen and paper and estimate their you know their ROI, their expected earn on a trip like that versus their costs. Because right. you don't have to do that really with Vegas because the amount of volume you can put in yeah. and the cost, you can do Vegas really, really cheaply. Yes. Yeah. You can't do that to the Bahamas. That's true. You might, your, your outlay may be four or 5K or something like that. I, 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 I never, I've only gone to PCA three times uh, or four times, I think. And it was always that. I could just never justify it. It was. It was. Yeah, you need like a package. And I and like I was young and dumb. I didn't even understand like ROIs were so capped and everything else. It was just like I've been on enough trips. I've gone to the Brigada enough fucking times <laughs> <laughs> to know that paying four hundred dollars a night for a hotel room is not beatable. Like yeah. it's the only casino in America that I'm down, and it's not an accident. Yeah. It's a miserable <laughs> fucking place. Delusional poker players. Man. Yeah, and it it was just like yeah, okay, like you get to chase this big dream and and play for a big amount. But I the first time I went, I went with Dan, and we stayed in like some off Atlantis shithole that was like you know a third the cost a night, and we're splitting a room. And- Breezes. Maybe, yeah, 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 definitely breezes. Shout out to breezes. Uh, you know, we're walking past people trying to sell us drugs and hookers every day as we walk into the Atlantis. But like, you know, it was a good trip. We went deep in the main, cash for like 50k or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, this is beatable if you do it right and get lucky. But that sounds that's like a, tournaments as a whole. Yeah, it's just like that sounds awful. I'm not gonna go play been, cash. I've always been hyper conscious of my costs, and I just I feel like many people are not. Yeah, it's hard to be conscientious of your cost as a tournament grinder because 
you're 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 a jackpot you're being, poker player yeah you're being paid an ev so I, everything's being delayed i chopped i chopped a dusty dusty hotel room in chester pennsylvania with jamie kerstetter because i was like obsessed with getting my costs as low as <laughs> possible god bless you sound like you sound like my uh college baseball team putting us up on the fucking road <laughs> like no we're gonna stay at the red roof in and there's gonna be four to a room okay you guys are all bunking up together yeah. it's the realist versus the surrealist where yeah. he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to win much, probably need to cut costs. And then if you're like, it's, if you win the main, well, who cares about how much it right, costs? Right. It, it's just really tough because when you're being paid in IOUs, it's hard to project like when anything, they come in. Really. I don't know. You need to, you just need to be nitty. Like at the end of the day, nits have all the money. Mm -hmm. true. Speaking so of, you owe Alan money for $3,600. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, because he doesn't understand how bets work. <laughs> right. You have to accept the bet yeah. to be a bet. You can't just free roll me and then in hindsight go, hey, I won. Pay me. It's like, this isn't some fucking Buffalo jackpot. <laughs> Wait, so you were in Chester for the only WPC, like WSOPC they had? It was did, a they only, did they only have one? I feel like they only had one. I'm not sure. This is back when I was like circuit grinding, yeah. which is just a terrible, terrible life that I would not <laughs> wish upon my worst enemy. But but I think I was chasing the. This was back when they had the national championship yeah. free roll, okay. yep. and it was like Ten. it was only a hundred people, so it was like 10k of EV. Yep. You know, if you're assuming the fields all the same, um, and it was pretty easy to get that, and that was like a nice enough overlay on top of what you could make at the stops. Nice. But I mean, I know people that were like winning, you know, a dozen rings that you know were barely making ends meet with what they're making. And so wow. just, it's really, it's really hard. Yeah, there's a lot of, Shout out to a lot of travel. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're on that grind, there's a lot of travel, a lot of expenses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to really love it. I think you have to like love the people you're traveling with. Like I, I had a good group of friends that I still stay in touch with, mm -hmm. but it was, I mean, that was probably around the time where I realized cash is king. Like uh, learning, learning how to play cash was the best decision. I, I think made. that's another reason why everybody's kind of upset that they're not just piggybacking off of win instead of competing against them and just bringing it to Vegas because so much has changed in the tournament stops. Like outside of the the the, the mid stakes tours, like <laughs> MSPT, Run Good, stuff like that. Uh, I guess the circuit to some degree. Almost everything that comes with a bigger buy-in, even if you're just looking at like the three K level, it's in two locations. It's in Vegas and Florida, and that's that's just it. You don't really have to tra travel like the sick stuff. Yeah, like you just don't have to travel across. I mean, we used to chase WPTs all through California. Would do the California swing. Mm -hmm. Would end up in the Bay. Would follow it all the way to the Borgata, and then would come down to Florida, and maybe would stop at Baltimore in between for a smaller one where it's only two fifty up top, and mm -hmm. you know you you end up in Choctaw and all these other places. But it's like. Sounds like it's a hassle. It's a hassle. It's expensive. It's exhausting. You never fucking win. Like it's it's miserable. <laughs> but now we have two destinations. The and they're great places to go to. Vegas, where you're gonna get in a ton of fucking volume. You're gonna be able to play anything that you want, game wise, cash wise, tournament wise, whatever. It's all gonna be there. You're gonna have six other casinos that are piggybacking off of whatever big event is going on. And you're gonna do really well, at least as far as getting your attempted ROI realized. Mm. And then you have Florida. That you can just turn into a fucking vacation because it's a beach always. That's where you're <laughs> you going. No, I'm not. Oh, I am. You I'm are. going there. Daytona. I'm going there tonight. That's oh, right. Man. I forgot about that. Anybody who's in the Daytona area, I'm going to be there for five days. Come check me out at uh, the Daytona <laughs> poker, po me out. <laughs> poker room. Check me out. Check me um, out. But yeah, like I, I think so much of that has changed and I don't know the direction <laughs> that it'll go. Jamie's got good I tweets. She really does. She really, really does. <laughs> <laughs> She's going hard on this one. I want her to get that fucking necklace. 
I know. I know, right? <laughs> Her best tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, what necklace? So there was like a football player quarterback that had a necklace with like his best plays on it. Okay. So it was just like a video of all his best highlights. Mm. So now we're going to get one for Jamie with her tweets. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> you like press a button and it skips to the next best yeah, tweet. That's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how all this shakes out. My inclination is similar to yours in that I think like GG powering it, they kind of just win. I think that, you know, this is certainly kind of the first step to them revealing that they've taken over the WSB. I don't know that that's fact. It's just the rumor floating around, and it seems like it's a pretty logical one. It seems that way. It also just seems like they're putting their foot down and say, hey, we're number one for in the future. You guys are all going to... WPT is making moves, though. Listen, I love WPT, so, but what Gigi's doing is trying to say, hey, we're number one, and for the future, you guys are all going to schedule around us. Yeah. Can you put that tweet back up? That, um, oh. The Piggly so I, I hate, tweet? This is, like such, this is so emblematic of a poker player's tweet. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to speak with such confidence about something I know fucking nothing about. <laughs> I'm going to make this prediction. He has no idea. He has no idea how this is going to play out. I think the reason poker players are uh, express such disdain for this is because they don't like it. Yeah. They don't like the fact they're going to be forced you know, the, yeah. to this freedom thing, again, or lack yeah, thereof. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be forced to go to a, a venue. They're going to have to pay a lot of money. To go squeak out some of these, you know, Sklansky bucks or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and that's why they're they're up in arms about the, it. The biggest irony of all is that it's the 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 group that is most taxed in all of this as far as like time uh and having to go through the hustle and bustle is actually the high rollers. Because the WSOP is putting on uh, this isn't a small stakes trip, right? Like the five K the five K main is one of the smaller buy-ins. They have a 25k 10 million guarantee. They have 100k. Uh, what is it? 100k really 5 million guarantee. All, there's 15 events, right? Uh, um, sure. I know they, they said the, the the lowest buying is 1,000, and they have three three high rollers, right? They have a 25k, a 50k, and a 100k. And two pot limit Omaha high rollers. Oh, they do. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so five. So five? a third of a third mm-hmm. of the events are going to be. High roller events, and then you think the rest are going to be sub uh, five thousand? No, you're like a ten k. You're weeping and like for a... that. You're weeping for I'm not weeping for them okay. at all. But you're yeah. saying you're the, the most taxed. Uh, I'm just saying that they're the ones. They're the ones that, that might are, have to do both. They're the ones that are most obligated <laughs> to to chase this, not the the mid stake grinder. Yeah. That it's you not know. the guy playing fifteen hundred yeah, circuits that is really like fine. forcing their hand. You know, no one's obligated to play anything. That's well, you true, understand yeah. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there's only so many high rollers. From, from a volume standpoint, they're attracted. This series is attracting them, uh, I think, like first and foremost. When a third of the events are going to be attractive to the biggest names in the in the world, and they they have a million dollar buy in here at the not at the same time, but shortly thereafter, yeah. uh, they're going to have to leave the comfort of Vegas, where most of them reside, and they're going to have to chase this at the Bahamas. And that that's a that's a it's it's very it's very subtly a really strong play. By WSOP because they get automatic name power behind this that otherwise would just tell them to fuck off. Like, uh, like the the high rollers don't show up for the series any longer during the summer outside of the specified events. Yep. You know, you don't see Jason Kuhn out there grinding a one k. That's not a thing anymore. Boxing and being there. You, you know be. what I want to see? I want to see a refuck you. I want to see on. the win put up like a twenty five uh twenty five k ten mil the same guarantees for the high rollers. And say, hey, pick your destination. 
They could. They could do it. They, they 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 haven't put out a schedule yet, and they can literally just say, "Hey, are their pockets what's up? deep enough for something like that?" Yes, absolutely. All the dollars, absolutely. so they can go toe to toe with Gigi. Yeah. The irony is, what would end up happening if they did that? Uh, this wouldn't apply to me, just because cash will be too good here. But if if say the win said, "Okay, we're going to run a rival <laughs> high roller series," oh man, identical to the the World Series. What would end up happening is the best players in the world would all be here, and my ass would be in the fucking Bahamas playing the softest 100K, <laughs> yeah. the softest 100K to yeah. ever fucking well, run. No, the way I'd see it is like everyone in the high stakes community just gets into a group chat and they like chop it up and go half and half. No, no, that way you have your West Coasters and your East Coasters. It'd be like me, Jonathan Jaffe, and Mercier in the Bahamas, and then mm-hmm. all the fucking killers here. No, that's not that's not how it would work out. You know, well, because they nah. might think that because now someone from Vegas might think that everyone else is staying, and then they're gonna go. It doesn't matter, man. They're so rich like you don't want to inconvenience yourself like even even if you told me that that was going to be the case what if they want to go to the bahamas nobody wants to go to the bahamas hey, Bahamas <laughs> is nice you didn't like the bahamas. you are the only person who wants to go to the bahamas you're such a beep, 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 i want to go to bahamas know, the bahamas was pretty fun i want to go to bahamas <laughs> for pca i want to go wherever they're going to have us do the podcast how about that that's, yeah, that that's, that's true. true that's true yeah we you guys want hire. us to take please yeah, that's true yeah Inconvenience us, please. <laughs> yes, win. Please. You want? Yeah, listen. W- <laughs> WSOP. You want us there? We're only going if you pay for. This our is trip what we need. We need to get a bidding war between yeah. WSOP and WSOP for our yes. services. Yeah, who yes. want me? Who want mm-hmm. me? So the other thing I want to bring up today was the fact that the World Series only has value, and it's it's so it's similar to uh, the Trump name. Mm-hmm. Like Trump's wealth is only is a function of the value of his brand. Right. His brand tanks. He is less wealthy. Right. The World Series only has value insofar as people, you know, uh, see it as this great brand. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, at a certain point, do you dilute your own brand by having so many series, right. so many bracelets? I mean, there's been so much talk about, you know, ninety-five giving... bracelets this summer plus. Yeah, like, we're gonna yeah. get we're gonna get into the hundreds mm-hmm. here but soon. Like, for sure. Does, does that really matter? Well, that's what no one knows. No I don't one think knows. It does. I, I'm not I, sure. I think the I think the danger is that uh, they potentially become too saturated or too diluted by the GG name, right? You're taking two powerhouse brands and potentially merging them together, and WSOP is iconic in its own right, very specific <laughs> to live, nonetheless, uh, and has you know a lot of precedence that's already been set, a lot of prestige that's aligned with the bracelets, even though that may be watered down a bit now. And then you have GG, which is the polar opposite. It's a fast upstart online company that immediately blew stars out of the water. Uh, they've done so with a little bit of scrutiny, some <laughs> you know potential nefarious activities that have taken place. You know, the, a lot of the a lot of the the stuff that we've become aware of that's a black eye to the community has been happening on their watch. So when you merge the two of them together, but I, I guess the last thing I should say is that GG's been. Uh, growing at a rapid rate though right the, the growth is off the charts it's going to be really difficult if you merge them together to not see it as gg first and i worry that then that becomes similar to like what we saw with stars in the ept i don't think of the ept as the european poker tour i think it is a stars run event right and my expectation when it comes to those events is that i'm going to see a lot of the players who are regs on stars show up if that happens with WSOP, we've gone a long way from, you know, just playing with the average Joe from Kansas or Kentucky 
to now having to battle against, you know, up and coming young grinders. I wouldn't make the assumption that GG's brand is going to dominate. Like, I think it's a reasonable assumption that when you're weighing stars versus EPT, that stars brand yes. dominates. Yeah, yeah. I think the World Series has enough cachet and right. history that it's not going to be subsumed by, by GG. Yeah, I agree with that for the summer for sure. But when we start talking about these smaller series, sure. the the sure. the winter series or whatever, like when even even the uh, or if they WSOP, start something like Scoop, that's, yes. a, that's a World Series. Exactly. Well, they already do, right? Like I think they gave away something like 180 bracelets last year online. Like some, something, yeah, something. I honestly think that absurd. the bracelet hype or the bracelet value is only scrutinized by the industry, where from public perception, bracelets are still worth a ton. Yeah, I, would, I would agree. Yeah, probably depends. You know? Um. What I would like to see, though, is, as is, like, Venetian MSPT, do a nice little, you know, winter series alongside WPT. Like, there can... Why, though? Do you WPT's want there to be seven are... series that are all going on at the Bro, same Kata's time? Bro, Kata's trying to multi-table live. He's going to be in the Bahamas. He's yeah. going to be in Vegas. He's going to be in Florida. He, there's going to be it's three just, new Conrad. No, he it's wants a soft, he wants not a soft, enough for Conrad. He wants a spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the summer, you know? It, you know? It's not, Venues though. everywhere? No, it's not, though. Like, think about the prelims for the WPT last year. They, they don't rival summer WSOP. The prelims, the 1100 prime they got did well. absurd numbers. It did there well. There aren't that many prelims, though. Right. There, there was like 15. Yeah, no, I, the, well, it's different from a. There's gonna a, be a lot more this year. Are there? Maybe that's what they said. You know what venues has has become uh, diluted or saturated is the LA tournament scene. Yes. So in, in LA, maybe ten years ago, tournaments were like a really big deal. LAPC is dead. It's dead. California Poker Championship dead. dead. Like there's just too. There were too many tournaments for too long. Um, well, I think I think losing the WPT branding just ruined. Also, the seven uh, percent tax, right? If you're not a resident, I don't. I don't know if people are really, really I mean, worried about that. I mean, we always got that back. Oh, okay. All you have to do is like. Prove it's like losses. a mild inconvenience. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mild inconvenience. Yeah, it wasn't enough. It, it stopped high rollers from running. Like people didn't want to play the 25ks because their money would just get locked up. But like it, it didn't prevent anything. LAPC was massive forever, but yeah, it, it's it's totally dead. I, I think I think it showed that there is a saturation point. You can't right. have too many tournaments because LA, you know. One of the largest cities in the uh, in the world. Yeah, certainly one of the richest. Many dollars. Yeah, it's just tournaments have have become dust. Why? What happened? Uh, I mean, I think I think poker is difficult to try to make a game that is sustainable that people are going to continue to play. And so one of the problems you have with tournaments is that like we this has come up a couple of times. People can be much more delusional if they don't if they can't run tournaments over and over and over again and le learn their true ROI. Mm -hmm. Like if you play one tournament a year, you have no idea whether you're losing, you know, eighty percent or winning two hundred percent. But if you play that tournament every day for the rest of your life, you're going to become more and more confident about your your ROI. You'll find out pretty quick. You'll find. I mean, you'll, you'll find out. You'll reach the long run a lot faster than someone who plays one a year. Mm -hmm. And so I think in LA. When the money rises to the top in tournaments, the whales, and, and we talked about this last time I was here, like the whales are removing themselves from the ecosystem, which has a devastating impact on, on poker tournaments. They also got rivaled by Vegas, where they hadn't been in the past. So Vegas is a very short trip away. And if you look at like the LAPC timeframe of late January, early February, it's bustling here. Uh, and it's bustling on the East Coast too, because of Florida. 
So every state has legalized gambling now. That's yeah. the thing. That, that's the thing that I don't think people appreciate is like, there, it, you know, if you go back 15 years, there were like five places you could yeah. play poker. Right. right. Now there's like there, now there's dozens. Yeah. 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 Everywhere but Texas. Yeah, so WPT removes. <laughs> I mean, you can play in Texas, but they don't have legalized. Yeah. Like, WPT removes legalized. themselves from from LAPC. The the time is now a lot more saturated throughout the rest of the country. The travel is nearly nothing for people from LA to come to Vegas. Super Bowl is here. It's one of the biggest events that occurs during that time frame. Mm -hmm. There's just a million reasons why nobody wants to be in LA during those portions portions of the year, and they're not guaranteed anything. Why did WPT remove themselves from LAPC? Do we have any idea? No, I mean in general, I think that the because it's not like the stop was a bust, right? It was a good stop. It was a great stop until COVID, and then they said no more. Well, I know why WPT is no longer doing Shooting Star, which was Bay 101 refused to pay WPT their uh, their fee. That's it's why. A, that's no, why it's always that, that's always the case. Oh, WPT just licenses their name. They charge. Mm -hmm. They charge. Well, I don't know if they charge all op operators the same, but they were charging Bay 101 a million dollars. A what? A milli. So, Seven I, digits with six zeros. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. To run the like a WPT themed event. To have the right to to host a WPT event. Yeah. And I, I don't see how you're ever getting that back. No, that stop died. Uh, LAPC died. I think Legends at Bike died. I, yeah. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it died. Uh, this just in. Connie's popping tour starting next week. 300K for the licensing theme. Yeah, the, you should, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a shortage of poker tours. You should probably start Connie popping tour. Yeah, start the CPT. <laughs> wow. I mean, WSOP. I knew you were going to say that. I fucking knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know I can't let go. Unreal. <laughs> Uh, WSOP does the same thing with circuits. They, they don't oversee any of it. They just license their name out to whatever the local casino is. Mm -hmm. So they, they just make passive income. That's, an, that's another uh, uh, area where there's been saturation. Yeah. Pollution. I mean, yeah, yeah. I remember where there were maybe 12 stops and there's probably I don't know, 24 now or something like that's that. That's just circuit. You that's add in circuit. WPT Prime, you add in MSPT, you add in RunGood, and uh, I don't know if Heartland still exists, but like. It does not. Okay, but I mean, I mean, you might be looking at like a couple hundred stops throughout the year, and Mistakes they don't do a tour. good job of, of coordinating with one another. Yeah, and I think that... Uh, well, like one of them does the stuff, and then everyone else circulates. I don't think so. Right? Like, doesn't... No. Not, it's not like summer WSOP. People, mm. people don't build their schedules around whoever the industry leader is. They're all just competing for the same They just dollars. wing it? Yeah, everyone's just winging yeah. it. Yeah, they're just clicking Why? buttons. <laughs> Why? I feel like there's a smarter way. Because it only matters to the local, to the local uh, casino, right? Like it's up to Choctaw when they want to run their WSOP circuit because they're paying for the licensing. You understand? Hmm. The tours themselves don't give a shit. The tours aren't the ones that need the tournament to be successful. Well, I mean they do because they need to be able to sell their brand. But the truth of the matter is the locale or, or the local casino is the one that needs it to, to, to pop off. So it's just always going to be this wing it kind of Yeah, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see like two circuit events going on at once. Right. Because it's like they're not coordinated to, right. not, to have them scattered. Well, and, like, and there's, the, we've finally I guess there's reached, so many of them that you have to. We've reached the point where you, yeah. Right, right. You, when you, you have, have 24 of them, then you have to have. Yeah. Do you think it's better to have the like choice between or is it, do you think it's better if it just like was one... Like you go here because this is here, then you go here because this is here, and you go here. It depends. What you get the choice to go to these things. It, it, it depends. Well, okay. So in its current state, I think that this free market approach is infinitely better, and that's why I'm kind of on the side of I. I don't mind what WSOP, WSOP is doing here. Like, sure, as a player, I would love it if they just came the last week in November and we had a six week long series instead, 
that like flowed, WSOP part two. Yeah, that flowed from WSOP into WPT. But as somebody who just like understands uh, market mechanics a little bit, I like that there's no monopoly. I like that they're challenging one another. I like that rakes will be down and guarantees will be up. Rakes will be down? Are we sure of this? Well, we can keep it suppressed as long as... They're not like... They're like gas stations that set up on each other's corners, right? Like, you can't jack up your price. I'll just keep mine the same. Mm. Two operators oper operating series at the same time are going to have a lower rake for each of their events than because one operator. Because it's not like everyone must be here. Correct. Exactly. Which is why WSOP rake is higher right. because everyone does come here. Right. Well, I mean, this is the beauty of like free market capitalism is that when you have a bunch of people that are selling a similar product, profit margins are driven to zero in the long run. Right. But... Oh, I see, because they just want to keep kind of competing. It's like, like, so, yes. like, say you have a markup of 10%, then your competition lowers their markup to 9% to, to grab all the business, and then you lower to 8 and it just, like, that game keeps getting played until it's down to zero. Yeah, and that's good for us. It's good, it's good for everyone. That's why, that's why food is so cheap at the grocery store. Right, right. But alternatively, if we wanted to get outside of a free market and instead look at the potential, uh, like, growth ceiling of poker as a whole. Is there more people coming into it? Yes, as in more people coming into it as well as, as it just becoming uh, larger on like a world stage and having a bigger platform. And not if, being streamed behind a paywall. Right. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, we, like if we could legify <laughs> poker in some regards where there was just an overseeing entity similar to the NFL. Or like... That would be... Ooh. Then we would have to have, you know, a stop in AC that then moves to Baltimore and then, then moves to Florida and... You know, you travel the country like accordingly. Like if there was like an American poker tour or whatever. Yeah, and but, then... it, it, but it, it can't just be like... That would be epic. Right. Mm -hmm. It can't just be... <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great callback. Andy Duke tried this. Uh, it, it, it can't just be an <laughs> nice. upstart. It can't just be one... It can't be a one-off, right? It would have to be coordination amongst the entire... Uh, we get a sweep. Community. We get a big umbrella. This is the most naive thing I've ever heard you say. I think. I'm not saying it would be a good thing. <laughs> or sorry, I'm not. I'm, I don't know if it would be good or bad. Listen, I'm man, just saying it's, that it's, it's the alternative. It's, it's 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 DOA. Like I think yes. it just can't get off the ground. It probably could not. Too many, it's coordination of too much. Don't it's, let your dreams be dreams. Well, it's kind of like online poker in California, right? Like if if there's one state in the country that should have legal online poker, it's California. And I've always been told the reason why this will never happen is there's too many people fighting, like too many interests involved. Yeah. You've got racetracks, you've got car rooms, you've got the yeah, you've got the Native American, you've yep. got the lottery. It's just too many people fighting for the pie, which means the pie never gets made. Right. I think the only way that this could ever happen, uh, we spoke about this a bit, and agree. I, I think it's like super, super low probability. But I think the only way that it ever had or could potentially have legs is if all casinos uh, and you could throw like online operators in that mix, if they all saw some massive upside to this, which they don't, because they see poker as you know, futile and it's just a loss lead. But if for some reason they all had one unified vision where they thought this game could grow, you know, a hundred X or a thousand X or whatever, and they came together to form the league, so to speak, they became the NFL owners in this regard. Then I think like it could potentially have uh, some sort of legs, but you're asking for way too much coordination amongst very wealthy people who believe their way is best. Right. Do not incentivize to do that. Not, that, not particularly. Based off of the way that they see it. Right. The best argument for coordination in the game of poker is the fact that poker tournaments specifically are something that benefit from, from network effects or network externalities, right. which are basically described like why a brand like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram has value. 
because those brands don't have value when there's like a hundred people on them. They only have brand value when there's a billion people on, mm. on them. And mm. so like poker, the poker tournament that has 10,000 people is so much more attractive at the same price point than the poker tournament that has a hundred people. Right. And so how do we create more 10,000 person tournaments? How? Well, you, you have to have coordination because if you don't have coordination, then you have what happened in LA where like tournaments that used to get a thousand people get 200 now. Yeah. And that, that's just because people ran out of money? No, there's a saturation effect. They have other options. Yeah. Like imagine if the World Series main event, instead of running once a year, ran 12 times a year. You wouldn't get 10,000 runners anymore. Right, right because mm -hmm. you can pick and choose when you want to play your main event. Well, I think it's just a lot to ask them to put up 10K. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think one of the more insane things is that we are able to get 10,000 people to put up $10,000. Mm -hmm. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It's irresponsible for most of the people who play it to play it. <laughs> right, but it is still that bucket list item that happens once a year annually. It's a freeze. You know, it's so unique in this Man, ecosystem. This fucking community. We just forget how much money $10,000 is. Is this economy? Yeah. Dude, it's a beautiful thing when you're just like in line to register for the main. You just look around. You know that there's no other tournaments going around. And you're like, holy shit. Every single person in this room is buying for ten thousand. Yeah, right yeah. If you look, if like, you just if you just look at like a like a hundred people, and it's not that's not a lot of people just standing in line with you. It's a million dollars just sitting right yeah, there. Yeah, it's like wow, that's, wow. that's yeah. pretty sick. I sweat it every time I hand ten k over for a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's never it's never gonna be lost on me. This that's is the so first time I played the main event where I didn't walk to the cage with ten thousand dollars. I actually had, well, it's outside the uh, <laughs> times I I won a seat, but um, I just registered online. You know, why stand in line? Yeah. But it, it didn't have the same effect. It's like, wait, you had what? no problem paying three dollars for the? I, <laughs> you know what? I, I, it was it was rough. It hurt my soul, but I did it. I did it every time. Barbara has a serious problem yeah, with the three dollars. Yeah. It, it came out. Like only hundred twenty dollars in uh, the line every time. I look at the line as I'm walking to, oh to, my to, God. to the to the kiosk. If the line is short, I'm I'm, I'm fading that three dollars. Come on, even I don't do that. I'm the tortoise. No, What's kinda... the point in having money if you can't buy convenience? Yeah. I never once stood. The only time I stood in line the entire summer was uh, for the tag team. Yeah, tag team because you had to. I know what my time is worth. Nice. If I can save five, ten dollars here and there, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I figured it was like going to be a, mm -hmm. what around a hundred dollars for the summer. Multiples of that. My time is worth zero in the hour before Reg. Roughly zero. Come on. What am I going to do? I don't know. I'm trying, to have, I'm, trying to have, I'm trying to have coffee and chat with people. I'm getting showered left and right. <laughs> I was on a very regimented grind. Otherwise, I would have met you every morning. It's all good. All good. I, I, have, had, I had some great conversations. I, I like really tried this summer to move some of my... God, that fucking music. So good. They play this right out. <laughs> no, right. But I really tried to move a lot of my uh, uh, online conversations, online friends to, to IRL. I think it's so important. It's so important. Uh, IRL even just, conversations? I, I was talking to Emma about this. Uh, you know, She was leaving today and the game's kind of wrapping up for the summer. And I was just like, all right, I guess I'm going to an antisocial hole for a few months. And she was like jokingly telling me to shut up. I was like, no, like thinking about it, this is the most amongst people that i talk to regularly that i've been uh you know outside of the podcast every day right, right. in maybe the entire year like the world series is very special in that regard like you're kind of forced into real life interactions with people that you otherwise only speak to on the internet yeah sounds like everyone these days time to go back to our holes it is uh i'm out of here tonight so again if you're in the daytona area be sure to stop by the daytona poker room i will be there check um, them out these guys are going to handle the podcast for the last two days. Uh, we have a special guest tomorrow. Pizza Time Poker is going to come in. He is an upstart vlogger. Really cool story. Uh, he's a musician who kind of found his way into poker and is documenting 
everything from the grind up. Uh, they're going to talk to him tomorrow. And then I believe Matt Hunt is here on Friday. going to do a little bit of a wrap-up of his WSOP as well as, you know, get into the weeds as Matt Hunt loves to do. If you guys do have any ideas for the CPTT, you know, leave them in the comments. What is Let it? us What's know. What's the double T, don't, the extra don't, T for? Don't. Don't. The Colored people Come time tour <laughs> what do you I'm mean in. and this is i already have the first idea it's it's, it's a late reds tournament everybody starts with 25 big blinds because everybody's late right so if we just start with 25 big blinds 10 minutes of registration we got it popping carter you're always early to everything no don't tell anybody that though time but, is a construct i don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin the thought of this not for the podcast <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us, Barber. It was a pleasure as always. I'll be sad to see <laughs> you head home. Uh, we're going to take off, and these guys will join you again tomorrow at noon Pacific. See you guys then. Later, squad. Peace. Bye.